It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part one of the weekend mailbag. So for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right into the mailbag. Next question comes in from J.P. Waxer. He says, as a fellow Richmond Spider and Joe D's number one fan, I have to ask if everybody is finally pleased with his work yet, or does corner become the next excuse for the hedgers? I like what he's done on paper, certainly, but again, I have to say this over and over again, results are results and paper is paper. So no matter what I think of what he's done on paper, we have to see the results. If we like what he's done before they go out on the field and then they go out on the field and they don't produce the way that we're hoping and the draft picks don't develop the way that we're hoping, then ultimately he's not going to be a good general manager, right? So we can like what he's done so far in theory, but until we see it in practice, we can't give him the two thumbs up. We can say we like the process. We can say we largely agree with the decisions and think he's done a good job in that regard. But until this translates to on-field success, it's still TBD. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, I, I'm not going to – they can be an absolute disaster at cornerback and I this year, and I promise you I'm not going to hold that against Joe Douglas. Um the only way that I'll hold that against Joe Douglas is if like all the other moves he made this off season are also a disaster. Then, then it's like, well, all right, well, you could have at least tried to fix the cornerback position then if you failed everywhere else, but he went into this off season with just too many holes to fill them all. So anybody looking at this from a reasonable approach it can't you can't really lean on if that's just the weak spot of the team there was gonna be something that he wasn't able to fix this year and it was cornerbacks that that's how it worked out so uh, if that's the only problem I'm not gonna uh, crush him at all for it but um you know it's something he will eventually have to get fixed and if he go if we see enough out of the the new acquisitions and the players from last year to build upon. And then next off season, he goes out and he upgrades the corner. Then that's exactly what you want. And that's exactly what the fans need to see from it. Um, but you're right. You, you need to see it play out. <laughs> you need to see Elijah Moore be what we think Elijah Moore is going to be. Uh, we need to see all these other things come to fruition before we can really do it. Um, because you can only talk about process and this is a smart move on paper for so long. It does have to show up on the field. 
Next question comes in from Anthony Siglatano. He says, why is Joe Douglas so awesome? <laughs> I think a big part of the reason why people are so bullish on Douglas is that he's the first GM in a long time that really projects confidence and knowing what he's actually doing because there's been such a long drought of general managers that seem to have a plan that seem to have sent the Jets on the right path. And so to see Douglas, who, as we just said, on paper at least looks good, is a welcome change. And also, Joe Douglas seems like a cool dude on top of it. It's not like he's some stuffed shirt. He's a guy that was an actual football player. He's been around football his entire life. Huge wrestling fan. We know he loves the Four Horsemen. So he's somebody that comes across as a real dude on top of the fact that for a change, it appears the Jets have somebody in charge that at least, in theory, knows what he's doing and has a plan. Mike Tannenbaum, John Edzik, and mm -hmm. Mike McCagnan. Right. And Adam Gase is no longer here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, like that, that, those are the biggest factors there. Uh, I'll also add that it's clear he, Joe Douglas came in here and he said trenches. And he showed it. He, he means it. Uh, on defense, uh, on offense, he knows that that's how you win. You're building the roster. And that's, that's what he's going. And he's backed up. And he's meant it. Um, it, it's also clear that he thinks things through. Um, he's made mistakes. Uh, he's he's not infallible, but uh, he he thinks things through with purpose, with a plan. Uh, it's not just he's not just reacting to big name. Get me this guy. Uh, I need some type of splash. I I need some. He's going about it methodically building it the, the right way and uh again we talk about the the process going about it and that right now that's all we can judge it on you know we haven't had enough of his team playing on the field to to judge anything else but really the process of how he's gone about things and that's all good so far uh so but yeah, the main reason, Mike Tannenbaum, John Edzig, and Mike McCagnan. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Gangrene for Life. He says, how well will Morgan Moses fit in the wide zone scheme? And why didn't the Jets go after Trey Turner at guard, especially for the money he signed for? He deemed himself 100% healthy, too. Well, I mean, just because Trey Turner deemed himself 100% healthy obviously doesn't mean they actually is. I haven't had access to his medical reports, but that's really for doctors to figure out. As far as Morgan Moses in the wide zone scheme, I'm not really going to get into this too much because did an entire show on this with Luke Grant. If you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. But he really broke down exactly what Morgan Moses' positives and negatives are going to be in the wide zone scheme. The short version of this is that I think he's going to be fine. And as far as Trey Turner, I thought that it would have been a good move, especially for the price point. But obviously there's a reason why teams were nervous. He went from five-time pro bowler to practically out of sight, out of mind overnight. Had a disastrous year last year. I know he was messed up physically, but even the year before that when he made the Pro Bowl, a lot of people think that he made it more based on just name recognition than anything else, and there could be a steep decline coming for him. So that's probably what it is. I think they probably just felt more comfortable with the guys they have, letting them battle it out, than bringing in Turner, who they maybe didn't think was a quality starting guard anymore. Yeah, they're, they're just... 
weren't big on Turner, uh, and I, I don't. You're right. <laughs> Him saying he's 100 percent healthy means nothing. Um, you know, I, I can claim that I'm 100 percent healthy and ready to uh, contribute to the Jets too. That's, that's not going to do anything because I'm not contributing in any way, shape, or form. They just like Morgan Moses more. Uh, personally, I haven't sat down and watched tape on him to see how he will fit, but from just talking to the people that know what the Jets are trying to do, um, listening to others, Brandon Thorne, Damian Woody's there. There's nothing that I to be concerned about. I those people trust them that this will work. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that they think that it'll work. And again, it's just a one year deal, pretty cheap money. So, and George Fant is still here. <laughs> if you can't beat out George Fant, you can't beat out George Fant. But you're right back to just where you were it's you know and there's really no downside to this signing next question comes in from john filipelli he says which training camp battle are you guys most excited to watch so it's a tie between three different spots i'm looking forward to seeing who emerges at right guard just because it's a mystery right now a lot of people would say that van roten's probably the favorite just based on experience and he's a little bit better than Alex Lewis, particularly in pass protection. But you got Cam Clark there as a wild card. You got Mr. Fihine lurking in there too. So anything could happen. Cornerback, I'm really interested to see that. I think Bryce Hall probably wins one of the spots. Probably. I don't think it's locked in or anything, but just most likely. And then the other one very well could go to Pinnock or Eccles. So if that happens, obviously very fascinating. And then the third one is Will Linebacker. Joe Blewett has talked about how he thinks that ultimately Hamza Nasruddin is going to win that spot. I tend to think there's a good chance of that too. So that's another element that makes this interesting because you could be looking at two starters in that back seven. And if that happens, that could be a very interesting but also scary proposition for the Jets heading into 2021. Yeah, so the right guard position is definitely important and all. But I'm not very interested in it because I'm not that I'm not gonna have confidence in whoever wins that spot. Um, the cornerback spot is in between there. Uh, I'm definitely more interested in watching it. There's more talent and going to be better competition there. But it's also like I'm I'm not super excited about the high potential of anybody there. Will linebacker is going to be the one that's going to be more most interesting to me. Um, watching all these guys, I'm I'm not picking a favorite yet uh, in this race, but I th- I think they're going to be able to do something with these guys. That's going to be a lot of fun, and I I think we're going to see a lot out of uh, flashes out of a bunch of uh, people here, and. It'll be cool for me to sit there and kind of football nerd out on the sidelines, trying to watch what they try to do, mix and match, and do different things with different people. I, that's the one that I'm going to focus on the most and probably have the most fun watching and dissecting. Next question comes in from Forever Shining. He says, The Jets are a Richard Sherman signing away from not only a playoff berth, but a division title. Speak on it. 
<laughs> Sorry, man. I hate to burst your bubble, but I don't think so. I'd love for that to be true. And if it is, I'll come back and give you credit. I really hope that that's what happens, but I don't think so. I think more likely you're looking at this being a five or six win team that's much more competitive, much more watchable. And as I've said before, if Zach Wilson and the younger players take a big step forward or show a lot in this season, then I think we can be content regardless of the record. Would really like to see the Jets compete for a playoff spot or a division title, but I don't think that's in the cards for 2021. Yeah, see, I was going to, when you said you said speak on it, I was just going to hit the mute button on here. <laughs> but this is a, uh, not a visual medium. Like, no, you're the only one who would have seen it. So the joke couldn't land. So now I just have to explain it. Um, and it, it doesn't hit the same. But yeah, no, that uh, uh, Richard Sherman being here would not make this a playoff team. I'm not having them win the division uh, because of that. Uh, again, I think this is going to be a much improved team. But being much improved from what they were last year means nothing. I think it'll be even better than nothing, but playoffs is still probably too much of a stretch, even with the extra playoff team being added here. And this division, rookie quarterback, it's a little too much of a stretch for me. Next question comes in from Richard Lewis 6. He says, where do you see the offensive line ranking? Joe Douglas has taken significant steps to upgrade this unit over the past two years. I agree with your statement. He's definitely taken significant steps to upgrade the unit over the last two years, but it's actually been very much a two-year process because they got Becton, and he obviously played very well outside of the injuries last year. We'll see what happens now with Connor McGovern if he goes back to where he was before he joined the Jets, right around an average or slightly above average center. And then this year, Morgan Moses bringing him in to upgrade the right tackle spot. And of course, Elijah Vera Tucker at left guard. So it's been a two-year process here. And I think that most likely this offensive line is still below average because in order for it to be above average, a lot of things need to happen. For instance, Becton needs to stay healthy for most of the year. Elijah Vera Tucker needs to perform at a pretty high level. Connor McGovern needs to get back to where he was, as I was just talking about. You need to get passable play out of the right guard spot. So if all of that happens, then they could be above average. But you have to look at this in the most likely light, not the light that you want it to be, not the best case scenario light. And so I would think that they're probably going to be closer to 20th or something like that. And to be honest with you, A, that would be a nice improvement over the last few years, and B, it would show you that they could potentially have a bright future on the offensive line because especially if you get really good play from Elijah Vera Tucker and if Becton can stay healthy and if McGovern can get back to where he was, those are guys that could be here for a while. McGovern not as much as the other two, but if you get Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker really firing on all cylinders, that would be important. And obviously the big bonus here would be if Cam Clark can step up and win that right guard role and play decently or better, now all of a sudden the future looks very, very bright. Okay, so I hear everything you just said. I'm going to say that I expect them to be an average to above average offensive line this year. Now, here's the thing about that. Average offensive line in the NFL is kind of bad. 
it's it, the average offensive line still not that good in the NFL by NFL standards. I, I say this because a long time ago, I remember going into uh, one training camp. Uh, I forget which year it was, but it was it was early in me uh, doing this job, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go look at all every team's roster to see what possible linemen could shake free in free agency. And I'm going through this, and I was like, man, there's like five teams here that have like actually like a good offensive line. All these other teams, I'm looking at these starting units, and I'm like, they don't even have a starting unit. They can't be getting rid of backups here. And every year I would will go through the same exercise, and it's the same thing. There's there's only a handful of actually good offensive lines, like all the way through good offensive lines. And part of it, what makes it hard is, you know, injuries and all this stuff. But offensive lines don't tend to stay great over long stretches of times because of injuries. They wear down. Uh, a player leaves because of contract. It throws out the, you know, their – them out of sync. Um, so I think that they can be uh, an average offensive line, maybe even slightly above average offensive line this year because I, I don't think it takes that much. Um, it's still not going to be a great line. Then I'm, I'm not expecting them to be anywhere near, uh, you know, anybody talking about them being among the best lines. But offensive line play as a whole, as a, a unit, isn't that great in the NFL? Defensive line's been kind of whooping some ass for a while now. Next question comes in from Abstract Analyst. He says, what are your thoughts on Isaiah Dunn? Does he have a legit chance to be a starter? First of all, he definitely should have been drafted. Second of all, Joe Blewett has talked a lot about the strengths and weaknesses of Dunn. And I think in terms of the Jets specifically, because they have a hole at corner, He's going to have an opportunity. Now he'll have to beat out the other guys, Pinnock, Eccles, and obviously Bless Austin will be in the mix, maybe Javelin Guidry. But I certainly think he has a chance, and he definitely has talent. I'm, again, very surprised that he didn't get drafted in the late rounds or even the mid rounds. So, yeah, he could wind up winning one of those starting spots. On a normal team, I would say no. I would say maybe down the line. But with this particular team constructed the way that it is, as of this moment, I think it's definitely at least a possibility. Yeah, I mean, just by the strictest definition, of course, he has a chance. He's on the roster. But as you just pointed out, the holes on quarterback here, they all they all have a chance. And it's not – I'm not just being literal there. They all have a really good chance. They just need to step up and seize the opportunity ahead of them. Um and he did a great job in many camps. Uh, I, he looked really good. And, and if all there was, if that was the only thing that went into it is just minicamp, then yeah, he's got a phenomenal chance. Um, but, you know, we've talked about this plenty of times before, just OTAs and training camps, that, that's a whole different thing um, than actually playing in games. So there's only so much we can take away from it. <clears throat> but from OTAs, he, he's got a great chance. And he absolutely has a chance, uh, a, a good uh, chance on his talent and on 
the lack of anybody having a solidified role right away. Now, how having a chance to get that job, claim it, earn it, and keep it, and how good it will be at that job, we're a long way away from projecting that. But to think that he has a very realistic chance of earning that job and, and competing and winning it this year, yeah, it's a very good chance. That's going to wrap up part one of the weekend mailbag. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Also, read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com and read our work over at playlikeajet.com. Plus, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Luke Grant has been killing it with awesome videos. He's got film breakdowns of Morgan Moses, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, why the defensive line could be an elite unit for the team this year, plus Kayla Pace's commentaries, Pace's playbook, interviews with some A-list guests on Play Like a Jet Live. You can catch the clips, Austin Gale from PFF, and Tim Jenkins, the quarterback whisperer of Colorado. Make sure that you don't miss any of that, and the best way to do that is to subscribe if you haven't done so already, and... Make sure you give us a five-star review on iTunes on the podcast if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. <laughs>